Hey guys, before we get into this week's show, I wanted to let y'all know that my entire family has switched our cell phone service over to Patriot, and it has been such a great move for us. Patriot Mobile is America's only conservative cell phone company. They're all about freedom, the Constitution, giving you the power to support conservative organizations. It's right up our alley. It's like having a superpower for your beliefs. Patriot Mobile uses the same reliable networks as the big carriers, so you'll get great service wherever you go. We did not see a change in our service, and actually it's gotten better. Their customer service is incredible. You call and you immediately get someone on the phone to help you with something. They've got plans to fit every budget from unlimited talk and text to data-packed options for all your streaming needs. And when you make this switch to Patriot Mobile, they will buy out your current contract up to $500 a line. So fellow freedom-loving friends, it is time to make the change. Head over to PatriotMobile.com today. Use the code Blake for 10% off your bill. That's PatriotMobile.com, code Blake. Thanks for listening. Let's get into the show. Welcome back to another episode of Confessions of a Krabby Christian, a Misfit Media Network production. I am your host and resident Krabby Christian, Blake, and every week I get to have the coolest conversations with incredible people about all the things most Christians are still not sure we're allowed to talk about. So if you've been looking for a place to land with all your crap and for someone to just be honest about what it looks like to walk through this Christian life, well, you've come to the right place. Pull up a seat, pop in your headphones and tune out your kids and come hang out with me and a guest for the authentic conversations that you have been looking for. All right, guys, welcome to Confessions of a Crappy Christian. Thanks for having us. Nate's got a lot of, a lot of things to confess, so this is probably the right place. Yeah, <laughs> we have Nate and it's like Luke. The Goonies. It's like the Goonies when he's like, when I was... <laughs> Dude, one of the best scenes. You got his hand in the blender. The theater, and I had the, fake this bar. is the worst. And this is the worst. And I, and I went... Uh, everybody started getting sick and throwing up on each other. <laughs> and the guy's like, I kind of like this kid. <laughs> yeah, I kind of like this kid. And then they <laughs> try to shove his hand in a blender but well, that's yeah. when he's doing it he starts confessing yeah. about fake throw up in the theater and you're like dude anyway we're that's an 80s us. show we're an yeah. 80s show blake so th- you're right you started this thing off right perfect i will actually love the goonies my kids are a little bit young for it like just we're right there that and jurassic park i am like yeah. waiting for them to be old enough that it's not gonna just make them not sleep at night jurassic you know? park i remember i remember watching jurassic park for the first time it was like at a youth group all nighter where you you know and your kids, you just think it's fun to stay up all night. Yeah, why? But yeah, and, uh, I remember having to call my parents and ask them if it was okay if I watched Jurassic Park because it was PG thirteen. <laughs> yeah, I was. I didn't realize you were a church kid. Hold on to your butts, dude. Yeah, I was like accepted Christ at four years old, standing on my dad's lap on Easter Sunday. Huh. Shout out, shout out, neighborhood church, Chico. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And we, dude, we didn't watch. We couldn't watch The Simpsons. There's oh, no. Rugrats. No Pee Wee no Herman. We're so you know we're eighties kids, so no Pee Wee Herman. Nate, I wasn't allowed to watch that. No. Oh man, I watched He Man a few times until my mom and dad were like, "There's something weird about this show. I don't know." You didn't like his hair. <laughs> he's great lattice, full cut. I mean, really set tone. Really can't watch tone. this. Yeah. No. Yeah. I I was a '90s kid, like a '90s church kid. I couldn't watch any of that stuff. Spent a lot of my time at lock-ins and roller rinks and oh yeah, the youth oh, group yeah. that was like a trailer off the back of the church. Yeah. 
But we yeah. had to. Watch yeah. McGee, watch McGee and Me. Remember that name? Oh my gosh, McGee Dude. and Me, Adventures in Odyssey. Dude, That's another year, good one. Years later, true story. My band Sherwood stayed at the the producer and creator of McGee and Me. True story. But Bill, blast from the Bill Myers, time. the creator of of McGee and Me. I know, I know, Bill. That was like, a my classic. favorite one. It was classic skate. Remember skate expectations? I always wanted oh, to yeah. be a skateboarder. Then I realized it was going to be way too tall for that. But not as a kid. <laughs> You know, no, yeah. I remember, I remember sitting fourth grade watching McGee and me with my this girl I liked, Audrey Clark, trying to trying to date her in the fourth grade. Oh watching young, McGee and bro. me, she broke my heart. But there, there was, it is, dude. Was Veggie Tales after your time? Yeah, that was high school for me. Yeah, that was a little like y'all were probably a little old for that. Yeah. For it was that. like that was like freshman sophomore year of high school somewhere in there. Veggie Tales was Veggie Tales thing. My kids actually enjoy Veggie Tales now, so it's kind of. We're, t- we're doing our best to give our children like a 90s childhood, yeah. you know? And so we wa- like we watched the old, old Grinch last night. Yeah. Let's like, go. The Boris Karloff one. Yeah. yeah we're a... we're going to like drive around and look at Christmas lights tonight. Like we're doing, Heck yeah. we're trying so, to do it. I have a 17 month old. So he, he's, we're, he's Christmas lights this weekend. We're doing the same thing. We're going to see if he, we're going to see if Jack's into it. You're going to, but he doesn't like Veggie Tales yet. He's not, he can't quite. Really? That's surprising because it's so like it is a little overstimulating. Like, eh, I don't know, man. Now they love it. Those little guys love those. Like, yeah. just watch, just watch football with me on Sundays, please. He'll be all I want yeah, to. there you go. <laughs> I love it, dude. It's funny a bunch of kids growing up in like really conservative, protective environments. Like, you can't watch the Smurfs and watch the Veggie Tales, and then yeah. this this crazy show that we produce now. Where we bring on like SRA victims and it ex, gets ex witches and stuff like that. It They're gets like, crazy. All that stuff that we weren't supposed to watch as kids. Maybe there was, maybe there was actually some good reasoning behind it. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> we were also like, mom and dad suck. You know, they right. we can't watch any of this stuff. And now I'm like, oh, dude, they're like actually using real spells and conjuring up who knows what. And it's kind of all come full circle, which is really interesting. It is. It will. What's really interesting to me is the pipeline from growing up in church, like in some kind of conservative environment to becoming, I know y'all don't love the word conspiratorial, but like getting more into the, why do I believe what I believe? And then that opens up doors to reading Bible verses that got skipped over habitually when you were younger. And then you're reading those verses going, how am I 30? something have owned a bible since i was born and never looked at these verses and what does that mean for what i believe it's a pretty direct pipeline like by all of the friends all the girlfriends Mm. that i have from those days they're the people i'm having these conversations with because we like grew up saturated by the word and by veggie tales and like all of these christian things and then you're like wait are there other gods what Mm. You know, like, and that just it blows apart this framework that you've been taught. Yeah, it's it's funny how much of our shows kind of an alternate history shows while we go back and we we talk about, which kind of sucks for us. You know, me like not paying attention in history class. I'm like kicking myself because <laughs> I was out to lunch a lot of times in in school. Yeah. I was one of those kids, but don't say. <laughs> <laughs> but thinking about it now, I'm like, oh man, you know. It's just ancient languages and these cultures and what they're building. And we just took a trip to Peru with a bunch of people who listen to our podcast. So now we're we're getting into like real alternate history ideas. And and I want to say something about conspiracy theories too, that you know, it's a conspiracy theory and then it's a conspiracy, right? 
they right. at some at some point they do transition to just a conspiracy that's been proven. Right. Like, and I think that Luke and I talk a lot about how you know this these giant skeletons that were discovered. It was a conspiracy theory until, but we made a yeah, we've made a pretty good case on a show that is now a conspiracy. They are yeah. actually taking the evidence and destroying it, which you know it, it's not it's no longer a theory in my mind. It's some of these things are, I mean, still hard with things like Bigfoot because yeah. we haven't proven it like in the sense that we brought a body out. But there's so much evidence out there, other scientific evidence that proves that this isn't a theory. Right. Well, I would say, there, Nate, I would say, generally speaking, too, like if you if you've had your eyes open at all in the last three years, things that that have been labeled conspiracy theories have come to light, and been that's actually true, sure. right? Yeah, okay. I think I think a lot of folks, if you if you you haven't woken up because of what happened, you know, in twenty twenty and 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 since, it, it becomes sort of a slippery slope, right? You're when you realize how much we were lied to by you know by the the state and the powers that be and their you know, their megaphones in the media just from a, you know, a very basic, not getting into anything in our show. If that doesn't make you stop and think about what else possibly do we, do we have wrong or have we sort of been taught and without really looking into it? And I think that even, as you pointed out, can cascade into the church. And I don't necessarily think that like, there's anything necessarily nefarious sometimes. I just think that oftentimes we get so disconnected from the, the original language, the original authorship and original audience you mm-hmm. mean 21st century western christians that we haven't gone back to think about what is what do they really mean here first commandment thou shalt not have any other gods before me and we've been told and we were taught is that's just this really allegorical and metaphorical right, right. Like, don't put football on sundays exactly. in, in, like, fr- in front of jesus struggle is and, or a wooden or that or that meant a wooden statue just right a just wooden right. Statue. a golden calf yeah. Yeah, right. right. Just this little, yeah, like look, look a little, you know, like the participation trophies that they give out now, or the trophies that we won in Pinewood Derby in the eighties. Nate, you know, don't put those before. Yeah, you're like, how is one of those things luring the Israelites from there? Right, like obviously, over, if it's the first you know? commandment, there was a real temptation there. There was a there was an opportunity right. to make that decision. Like actual right. magic was being practiced, and they were seduced to it. Like, oh, look, these guys can do this crazy stuff over here. And we've kind of jumped to the deep end here, but like, I, I think, I, I, I mean, my favorite. <laughs> I think the thing is though, and we remind people on our show that like human beings are not stupid. You, you, you don't worship something unless there's some transaction of power, like you, right. you know, or you get something from it. Right? right. And so the idea that these are a bunch of folks just worshiping rocks and pieces of wood and that was it. And there was nothing. That's not it. All you need to do is get out of the West and go to like sub-Saharan Africa, Haiti, anywhere else and then figure out that everyone there lives in a very supernatural and real paradigm for that and when they go to the witch doctor and when they go and they worship these things there's an actual real entity that's behind it that in a lot of ways hasn't changed since the dawn of time and so i think we can get in our own bubble here that's what's interesting about this show is that we can get our own bubble in the west especially and i'm speaking about you know western being americans and the western church and what i think has been interesting in this you know we have a journey podcast for us is kind of going on this journey Nate and I as well, and being like, man, like the West has really kind of neutered the supernatural out of our, mm-hmm. out of our faith and out of our reality. And that's not at all the paradigm of, of the, those that wrote the Bible, those in the, in the Near East in these ancient times, or even when you get out of our own bubble, that's not the paradigm that, that a lot, most of the world today lives in. No. And, and so we kind of are in this weird anomaly being post enlightenment in this academic era if you will scientific empirical era where the western even the western church could be guilty of, of being like 
as we talked about pre-roll, we believe in some wild stuff if you really want to think about it. Immaculate conception, a virgin birth, a resurrected Christ who's fully God, fully man. Like, I don't even, I can stop right there. Loud. I can stop right there. Right. But, but I think we, we've been so conditioned to being like, that's just Christianity that in some way we've sort of taken the miraculous out of that. Mm-hmm. And that's just New Testament. Mm-hmm. We haven't even touched on what happens in the Old Testament. And that's kind of where we've gone back, as Nate said. We, so yeah, conspiracy theories, back to your original question, that in and of itself was, you know, created by the CIA in order to discredit. Exactly. That counter counter narratives, right? Right. It's um, it's become used by the mass media as a slight or a way to disenfranchise Mm -hmm. alternate narratives. And so we live in a crazy time. I feel like everyone can say that, right? You know, we live in crazy times, but this is really an interesting time where I think some of the veils being pulled back, like metaphorically, when it comes to seeing what's going on behind the scenes, kind of the Wizard of Oz pushing the buttons from a corporate government standpoint. Also, the real veil, like in the supernatural, there's yeah. our show. Our show is a creature show. And we start with Bigfoot, but there's the uptick in reported sightings of what we consider to be creatures or weird stuff is, mm-hmm. is sort of at an all time high yeah. at this point as well. When so you've the, got like the Senate talking about aliens. Yes. It's yeah. like, okay. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I, and I will say this too, like, on our show, you know, we get a lot of stuff thrown at us. We try to stick with the data, you know, because I think you have things like birds aren't real conspiracy, right? Yeah. It's, it's a joke to counteract how crazy some of these people will get with some of these mm-hmm. conspiracy theories is that like they literally will challenge something so fundamental as birds flying around or fake. Right. And I think it's a joke. And maybe some people actually believe that it's true, which is crazy because it's like we've seen in these in these rabbit holes, you have to kind of stick to the data. And that's what we yeah. do on yeah. our show. So we try to break down each of these rabbit holes, figure out what the data is, bring an expert on the show. OK, what's happening with cattle mutilations? What's happening with crop circles? What's happening with these UFO sightings? And not all the time is there some rational explanation. Oh, yeah, it's the government, you know, just tricking people or it's some demon flying around, which doesn't really makes sense in scripture, like what we read demons able to do or not do. So what is it, you know, and we just go down any conspiracy. Well, and I think a lot of shows do, but I think part of what we do is try to stick to the data and actually do use all the rational tools of, you know, the academic system, Mm -hmm. but also not throw away all the stories that don't fit. Right. Which goes back to your point of like sometimes like how often a conspiracy theory just turns into a conspiracy. Yeah. Right. That you can strip away the theory. I mean, to your point earlier, whenever. So Operation Warp Speed by December 2020, January 2021, we have the vaccine and myself and pretty much everyone around me are going, no, 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 no. They're starting to tell us you're not even going to get COVID. You're not going to be able to give COVID. And we're going, no, no. And for me personally, my personal address got put on the internet and I got sent photos of my home and had to change my phone number and move. Oh. Wow. Because I was going, not and doing you, it. And you just got this episode flagged as well. So congratulations. <laughs> I'm used to no, it at this point. But I, I think the other thing, that, and this is what to Nate's point, like just, just to reiterate, there's also this danger that you can swing so far on the, spe- on the spectrum yes. that everything is, is a conspiracy theory. There's a devil under every rock. And that's exhausting. It's exhausting because then you go, when you believe in everything, you really believe in nothing, right? You, you can't, right. everything cannot be a lie, number one. Yeah. And every conspiracy theory, they're not all going to be, become true, as Nate said. Like, so right. I think our, our goal and just to reiterate is like to have those, those folks that spent 10,000 hours on to have an academic conversation about their research. And at the same time, 
as we say all the time on our show, famously, Dr. Michael Heiser said that like even just one of these anecdotal stories about creatures, UFOs, et cetera, if any one of those is true to the Bigfoot paradigm, right? It's called our gateway drug, right? That I, yeah. I think the BFRO has said that they've got something crazy like 750, they've logged 750,000 encounters or uh, or reported encounters of Bigfoot, right? Right. Then you have the changes your you have to it changes your paradigm. It breaks the right. paradigm. You have to you have to put this into your into your reality. And so, you know, we do have people that come on the show and tell their stories. And I think those are very important because that's someone's you know, I hate this Actual term because experience. it's kind of hijacked. It's hijacked, but that's like their lived that's their their lived truth. And it sounds like Oprah, but mm-hmm. to them that that really happened. Mm. And those are just as important in some ways because if that's true, then that's something we have to fit within our reality, right? right. And at the same time, balance that with the guys that have done the research and the guys and gals have done the research and written the books and spent the 10,000 hours to become experts on their given subject. And that's where we try to be. It's it balanced in that sense, but also like not to dismiss all the things that typically dismiss and are dismissed by a lot of folks in the Christian faith because they're uncomfortable, right? Or because, because it challenges you to be like, how big are my fences? How big is this box I put God into? How big is my paradigm? It's interesting if like, like if you take two people, Someone who plugs all this stuff into their worldview, ask them, how do you think the pyramids were made versus just modern Egyptologist? Hey, how do you think the pyramids are made? Vast, two vastly different answers. And both of them are very educated. Both of them are very smart. But it seems as though someone has like completely turned off their ability to realize that this thing is an, this is an immaculate piece of construction that, yeah. we're, that, that we're all staring at here. Wait, how do you think the pyramids were built? What do you think, Nate? So, I mean, just just some facts about the pyramid, right? It's <laughs> it would take each block is a, is several tons, right? Mm-hmm. And one block would have to be laid every five minutes for twenty years in order for just the pyramid of Giza, the big one, to be. And you have to think like I've done some home remodeling, talked to a lot, a lot of guys who who do that, and it's really hard to get anything to work and build with materials, let alone stone. So I think the pyramids were some sort of seems as though they were some sort of ancient power yeah. grid. They powered the city somehow through technology that we don't understand. And they yeah. built that thing mathematically perfect. Right. And, right. Celestial, and, celestial, and celestially aligned. Yeah. 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 And, and so and with, with different stones on different layers. So they all combined with some sort of like they didn't need wires and things like we do. Like we have the same sort of technology. We want, we desire the same outcomes is what I think we've learned on our show. Mm-hmm. They need power. So do we, they need locomotion. So do we, they yeah. need, you know, they need these things that we need, but they had way more advanced ways of achieving those goals. And so I think either they channeled the energy out of the earth and it kind of resonated through this thing. And they kind of probably had some sort of Tesla power system, like things that Tesla was discovering, like you don't need wires. It can, you can transfer electricity through the air yeah. And stuff like that. And I think that's why they probably took out Tesla because he was, hey, free power for everyone. Right. Yep. Yeah. Going back to you said something earlier about like you didn't really pay attention in history and you regret that. I will tell you, as someone who was a history nerd, mm-hmm. I-, I didn't see any of it. Like I, for my most of my life, I was a I was pre-law American history major in college and I still just absorbed everything they told us and like a good little student and accepted it as was. So there it's kind of what and what, like I've kind of now had 
doing the same thing, going back and almost rewriting or relearning history and what I believe about all of these things that we've been told and taught, even though I did pay attention. So I think no matter whether you grew Mm -hmm. up in the church, whether you grew up learning about this stuff and being obsessed and absorbed with it, or you don't have those tools, we kind of all start a little bit at the same place when you decide to embark upon choosing like an alternate historical timeline. Yeah. We don't ask the question why very often in our systems. We ask how, we ask how and when. Why isn't rewarded? Yeah. Why why build this thing that's going to take at least 20 years? Right. And they, the the limited resources, you can't even get enough workers around these things. You see these videos of like modern trucks, these massive big cats, bulldozers trying to lift these blocks and they can't. Yeah. It literally takes multiple of them and they're barely getting them off the ground. You're like, why? And how? And and, and these stones are often quarried sometimes hundreds of miles away. What? So nobody asks the why questions. And you ask why questions to scientists and they like blow a fuse. Like, right. uh, It's right. We just know how. You ask the why question to a professor. They're going to treat you like you're an annoyance. You don't want to follow the script that they're handing you, you know? So. And it's interesting, you know, we talked to just about everyone about Bigfoot and everyone has sort of a different theory and, and thoughts on what this creature is. And even the scientists who are hardcore, like, it's just another evolved ape. Evolved ape, ape. yeah. Gigantopithecus. Like, even them, though, it's, they don't want to see the woo parts of the stories. They don't want to listen to the fact that Bigfoot is not just your typical animal out there. He's He's doing things and the stories just don't align with that idea. You say the word portals and you go, you just lose them. You know what I mean? Like you say energy portals and people are like, okay, that's ridiculous. Like that's ridiculous. But we've got the government telling us aliens and UFOs are real. Like which, well, Einstein, which Einstein talked about it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Finding quantums. We, like, right. we call them wormholes. So you can, and they're fine with that. Like Einstein's brilliant and everything, you know, E equals right. MC squared. And you go, what about the wormhole theories in the inventing mm-hmm. space time? Oh, well, so the, you're bothered by the vernacular. Exactly. That's, that's this is the lesson. I, I think as Nate said, the why is so important. And I think it's important with our faith as well. Like I Yes. When we talk about faith, it's it's believing in the things not seen, right? <laughs> but I, I think it's great to look at the scripture and ask why. Why did they do that? Why did God destroy the earth with the flood exactly? Was it just mm-hmm. because people were wicked? Or was there something going else going on here? And you know, why why, why, why? And and, and I think when you dig into that, the answers are there. And not only, exactly. the, not only strengthens but enriches your faith to understand Okay, this is this is why the conquest of Joshua. Mm-hmm. This is why the flood. This is why we needed a savior. You know, and understanding those things from, from our, our humanity story, but also on a sort of supernatural or understanding on on in the kingdom of heaven plane as well. These things that were happening, I just think these are, these are such important questions that you know don't get answered enough or or asked enough. And well, and you, know, you can even not... be like penalized for asking that. Sure. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Which is, you can. Which is, as Nate says, which is great. Why we have a show and a, and a podcast is great because we can we can talk about whatever we want and we can yeah. in without some sort of oversight regulation of is this acceptable or acceptable? Or, yeah, yeah, or being under somebody's authority that is telling you that this is appropriate to talk about or not. I had like a short stint where I was under a, a publishing house. Right, I had to really, I had to like kind of rein things in. And what's funny is getting out from under that publishing house was a little bit of my, like I pretty much like got out from under this publishing house. It didn't want me to talk about anything 
uncomfortable until the book came out. And the book comes out, and then I read Genesis 6. (laughs) (laughs) And was like, oh, okay. It's time to, like, read the Unseen Realm. It's time to start listening to Heiser. It's time to start, like... And that was just in the last year. So I have grown up in the church. I'm going to be 35. And just now I'm starting to look at these things. But exactly what you just said, it has made my faith so much cool. Like, this is so much cooler. I like this version way more than the, like, sanitized Well, it makes sense. It has context. And I think that's all we've done on our show is like, hey, look, the biblical writers talked about things in context that they knew other things going on in our world and our realm that they didn't take the time to explain to us modern human beings. Like there's so much context and they read everything over their time. So it'd be like us having a conversation today and dropping so many terms that we know in this, in this century, you know, iPhones, zoom calls, all these other things, internet, people won't know these terms a thousand years from now. Right. And, you know, imagine a conversation in time we talked about this last night with Ryan Pipson on an episode of like, you know, there's these things in Genesis that tend to say that there was something going on here before we got here. And then we kind of walk in on Star Wars film four. <laughs> right. And so yeah. Genesis doesn't start at the beginning, beginning, beginning. It starts at yeah. our beginning. And, and that alone we don't know. We don't know what such happened. Such a paradigm shift. Yeah. That alone. And then as a parent... Like what you're teaching your kids, we're going to, we're finishing out this school year and then we're going to become a homeschool family. And there's so much that like, and then it's like, do you wreck your kids view of creation and what began and tell them what you're learning? It's. We'll start drawing UFOs and aliens and Bigfoot. Like my, I have, I have my kids drawings all over my office here. Yeah. And it's, it's cool. Kids get into it and they're really smart and they ask those questions. And I think a lot of people do walk away from their faith because they don't get good answers. Right. They don't get good answers from, you know, so many people have emailed us. Luke and I probably have, I don't even know, hundreds of emails now of like, I've been in church my whole life and what y'all shows done for me has changed our lives. And it, it's crazy. I think that's what keeps Luke and I going. because I get DMs more... like that about y'all. <laughs> I share about an episode. Oh, I wow. get to DM well, people you. that are like, this podcast changed my life. It my awesome. faith into reality because like we're saying all the, saying the same thing. These questions are good. And I think God welcomes like he I feel like God gets excited when his kids want to push beyond the American church narrative and see like this book that was written in a time that we have little to no understanding of. And when we want to broaden our understanding of it, I think that excites him. He is over all of these things. He's not surprised Mm -hmm. by the existence of Nephilim or hybrid creatures or any of that kind of stuff. It's his. So why wouldn't that in some capacity? Like when I started down this road, I had multiple friends that were like wary of it. They were like, don't get distracted. Don't let this like become the thing. And I was like, what are you worried about? Are you worried that I'm going to understand more of what's happening in the Bible and that's a bad thing? Like, and I understand that, but. I think people have you're gonna leave. Concerns. You're going to leave their paradigm and go to another one, which I, I did. Yeah, 100%. and I think people love to protect their paradigms. And our first interview with Heiser, we asked him a lot of these basic questions because we were kind of newbies in this space. And I had heard a lot of Heiser's interviews, and I just flat out asked him, like, "What is this? What is what's happening?" And he says, "God wants a family." Mm. 
he really wants a family and he has a family. And, you know, when you start to just think about these things as a kid, like, because a lot of us grow up with a very religious, strict religious, we follow the rules and we yeah. sort of miss out and it becomes its own weird system of like, wait, this whole thing was about having a family with God. Yeah. And we've sort of lost the plot somewhere along the way. But Luke and I have discovered is not only what comes with family, it comes with bloodlines and genetics and this war. And so that's what's really going on in Genesis is you have these bloodlines that split. You have these mixing of things that shouldn't be here. And then they took all of God's creation and messed with that as well. So everything yeah. in Genesis is your cra you're the craziest Marvel movie experiment yeah. gone wrong. And we're in the middle of that. And I think sometimes we put ourselves at the top of the pyramid of the character in this weird story that we're in when we're actually not. We're not the center of everything. Yeah. We are a big deal here on Earth and in our role here. But there's other things going on. There's actually a war going on around us. Mm -hmm. And we're kind of protected from that war with the veil. But now, like we said like earlier in the show, maybe that veil is thinning. Maybe we're starting to see this cosmic war take place. And there's people on both sides coming out of the woodwork, sometimes through portals, maybe. Yeah. And they show up and the amount of people who see things like Bigfoot, Dogman, UFOs, or have abduction stories. I mean, we brought on several people on our show who literally these these entities show up in their bedrooms and take them. And sometimes ways that are described like through windows and up into craft. And when they're in the craft, they're doing this genetic experiments. They're tinkering with blood. Pregnancies go missing. The weirdest stuff possible. And if you're not a Christian aware of like you might deny all of this genetic war going on, but it is raging behind the yeah. scenes. And there are Harvard scientists who compiled decades of these stories. It's not just a bunch of dudes on a podcast hearsay about this. Right. Stuff. It's it's actually been scientifically categorized. And you can go read these books and be like, what? Yeah. And so I think sometimes Luke and I just go past the skeptics and keep plowing ahead. And it's like, Hey, you've been abducted for 25 years. You don't want your name on the podcast. You don't want any notoriety. You're not selling anything. You just want to tell your story. This is what's going on with me. And I feel comfortable telling you two dudes because I've listened to enough of your interviews with other people to say, maybe I can share my story here. And well, and to your point of the people who are can ignore it and you can say it's not happening. That was how I lived my life before like a year ago. And when I started down this road, the kind of the word I heard from the Lord was, this is your insistence upon staying comfortable with this is a chink in your armor. And you, we may not be in this war, but it impacts us. I always, I kind of think of it as like, I think you can see through history times that the war has touched earth and that the veil has gotten really thin. And you can see whether it's in appearances or just you know, look through history and see the times that evil just took over and mm -hmm. and was rampant across the earth. You can't defend yourself. You can't defend your family. You can't make heaven crowded if you're acting like that stuff isn't happening. Well, I think Nate's point from the beginning, when we talked about it, just sort of we show up in the middle of the story. One of the things that was kind of like an aha that I think we take for granted is that in the garden, Satan's already evil. He's already mm -hmm. fallen. But there's this whole prequel to right. you know, us showing up where that we don't really have from heaven and all that. We don't stuff. have a lot of information really, like other than just sort of some asides in the scripture, right? And I don't think we're meant to know everything. I think that's pretty yeah. clear in the scripture as well. I think that that's we, protective. <laughs> yeah, that we have like we serve an infinite, uncontainable God. I mean, no one's seen the Father, right? This whole idea right. that 
but I, I think the knee jerk is to to set up fences around our faith that, that make us feel comfortable. Right? Yeah. And it isn't comfortable. We, we traditionally, and maybe in the West just toss out. Yeah. And I think we do ourselves a great disservice because of course the or, gospel, or the, it, gospel or, the gospel, the gospel is the mythology. Important. Right. Right. Uh, but the gospel is the most important story ever told. The most important thing has ever happened in, in, right. in eternity. Right. But I think there's lots of layers we can understand when we put it in the context of, of this cosmic war. And then what also was happening, you know, what Christ was undoing and defeating right. within the, the supernatural realm. Right. Right. And, and when and, you understand that, you're like, Oh, this is about like, yes, my sin. Yes. Mm-hmm. But, but the king of, king of kings, right? Right. The, the idea that, that there's this kingdom, that the kingdom of heaven is a realm in that God is the king of all kings. And then you, this is really the Mike Heiser sort of un, unwrapping and reeducating of modern humanity. And Mike famously said, like, you know, I didn't have any original ideas. I, I, I just compiled. I stood on shoulders of folks and I, I compiled all this. But really, all he's doing is bringing back to the original language, original context and understanding that, like, listen, Psalm 82, Deuteronomy 32. These are important things and understanding that what Elohim means, right? It, right? it pretty much makes what we've decided to make comfortable in the interpretation of Genesis 6 that most seminaries will give you, etc., into the sons of Seth and somehow like, you know, these people procreated with their cousins and out of that we got giants, which makes no right. sense. Obviously. Right? right. But then you go, okay, well, wow, there are the lower G gods of mythology, right? All all this mythos. There's a lot of of looking at that and saying, probably a lot of this rooted in reality and truth. Exactly. In the ancient world. We're just so far disconnected that it's much more comfortable to think about it as sort of fantastical stories and not like this actually lines up with Yahweh dividing the nations among the Elohim. This actually lines up with Psalm 82 with Yahweh judging the lower G gods and telling them they're exactly. going to die like men. Now, how does that make men aren't going to die like men? Men are just going to die. Right? right. That's an odd, that's odd language for us to sort of create, you know, hermeneutical it, and scriptural gymnastics to make it more comfortable. But it makes it actually like it may be less comfortable, but it makes so much more sense. Of course, it does. Yeah, when you look does. at it, like I grew up, my mom loves Greek mythology and I was homeschooled. So we did a lot of our history lessons were mythology and folklore and all this kind of stuff. And I can remember even as a child being like, how did they make this stuff up? How yeah. did people just poof, just go, I'm going to make up a Gorgon? Like what? How did yeah. they do that? And then now, like again, within the last year, I'm going, oh, Oh my god. They well, didn't. <laughs> it's just the Greek it's just the Greeks version of history, right? right. And there's and I, I would say that some of it is is fantastic, but a lot of it is true and I think you watch Ancient Apocalypse on Netflix with Graham Graham Hancock and like yeah, he doesn't have a Christocentric world view, but he's very anti-Christ yeah, he, and anti God, but yeah. You will say every single one of these ancient their mythology is the same. There was yeah. these massive cataclysms. There was these floods, and they all talk about these things. And I think when you do a podcast like this, you wake up people to the world of like really the stories of like Harry Potter or Lord of the Rings, where there's these like these you know we're we're stuck fighting this great evil. Right. We're actually in that story right now, and yeah. we've we've sort of adopted this matrix of we get up and then we watch movies and then we disengage from reality and then we just go about our day trying to pay taxes and bills and we just forget. Yeah. But I think the golden age, the pre-flood society, you get, you couldn't escape it because it was right there in your backyard. And so you had realms interacting. 
You had the gods walking amongst men. You had the titans of Greek mythology there with you, seducing people to their principality, their realm of authority. And they and were eating people. Native and they were eating well. people. And then you had giants and you had chimerical creatures. You had weird Star Wars-like creatures running around. So the, the world is like a Star Wars Lord of the Rings thing. Yeah. Sort of mixed up if you, if you take those two movies. And it, we just have been living in a time, an age, so to speak. And we're coming to the end of, of an age. And I think we've been protected from some of this stuff for a while. But a lot of it happens behind the scenes. A lot of it's happening underground or in remote places of the world where a lot of this evil was driven to. So it's, when you could do you say think that happened. Like wh when do you think this stopped the spread of the gospel? That's okay. what we asked a lot of guys to say when the gospel started to spread around the world, evil was kind of like, couldn't proliferate the same way as it could before. Okay. And so when Christ reclaims the nations, I believe he takes them all back for himself. It's like that moment, the ring was cut off and it's still there. There's still, still this there. Evil, yeah. But it, there's this age where it's forgotten Bounce. things that shouldn't have been forgotten. Yeah. And so the gospel spreads, the Holy spirit comes down and we, it's like kind of a mortal blow to the dark side. Mm -hmm. I, I'm not sure. I'm not a theologian. I don't know the specifics on all this, but it seems as though that, you know, it's going to try to rally one more time. Mm -hmm. And that rally is going to be the, the literal battle of Armageddon, I believe. And they're kind of building their army behind the scenes right now. So it's kind of like in the Harry Potter, like the Dark Lord has returned, right? And right. nobody wants to believe it. Nobody wants to believe. Or like Lord of the Rings, like the fires of Mordor are burning and then they're creating their, their Joel 2 army. One of our family's New Year's resolutions for 2024 is to actually sit down and eat dinner together around the table. And I knew that I needed a plan for the nights that we have extracurriculars. So I went for HelloFresh's quick and easy meals and their 15-minute meals. These are quick, convenient recipes delivered right to you. You just pick your meals and your delivery date, and HelloFresh handles the meal planning and the shopping so that all you have to do is cook. I love that I can get their more involved meals and cook like a whole dinner and teach the girls and be together when we're home, or I can get their quick and easy ones and just pop it together and cook it so we can still eat at home on the nights the girls have gymnastics or cheer or something like that. So... You can go to HelloFresh.com slash confessions free and use code confessions free for free breakfast for life, which is crazy. One breakfast item per box while your subscription is active. That's free breakfast for life at HelloFresh.com slash confessions free with the code confessions free. What's okay. interesting is I think that you can see that in both of our worlds. Right. You guys are saying like you're seeing the veil thin and you're seeing more yeah. activity. Like, you know, I was pre-law. I do a lot of like political commentary. It's batshit crazy. Like yeah. what is being pushed as normal and what is yes. what they are trying to get parents to teach their children and how much they're trying to divorce parents from their children. And it's crazy. It's and on freaking hyperdrive for the last three years you can't mm -hmm. look at that and go that's coincidence it's just it's just no as someone who believes in jesus who believes there is a war for souls at play you have to look at what's happening in our systems i mean america is no longer a christian nation like that that died before covid but like you have to look at all of that stuff and go kind of getting real it's getting mm -hmm. real out there yeah, and we 
What yeah. do you do with that? Like, do you what put your head in the sand or do you go, at least I'm going to be on the Luke front line for my family. Luke buys guns and, and ammo. That's Same. what Luke does. We buy guns and water yeah. and, you know, we learn how to camp. I mean, I mean, <laughs> I mean, he, he lost them in a boating accident. Yeah, we, we had a bunch of guns, Nate, and you and I went fishing and we lost, we just lost them all <laughs> I don't, in the, in the, don't in the land it. between the lakes, you know? Right. I think Dogman's got them now. No, I think it's a good point. I, you can't have your head in the sand. You can't be eyes wide shut here. Sort of just, so just, many just pretending do. along, right? And that's the thing, though. But I, I think this is we. It's the slow boil of the pot, right? And and I think maybe that's the that's been a lot of the strategy. And and I and look, look, like I think one of the things you can't deny is that the the evil and and the darkness and the the sin nature, all of that is much more brazen. It's operating out in front now. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And. We're going to be asked at some point as as Christians, and, and this is the reality of a lot of Christians across the globe right now, right? That they don't live in the West is, is that there's going to be a time where where Christianity is on the chopping block, and Christians in the West are now are now going to be, you know, in the sort of the hunted, whether yeah, whether you know, figuratively or, or in reality, and yeah. you just can't be on the sidelines anymore. There, there's no there's no more spectator. It's not a spectator sport. Like our, yeah. our faith requires you to be in the game or out of the game. And I think Nate and I, in a weird way, with a a Bigfoot podcast, we decided this is this is where we found I don't our little think it's niche. Weird. I don't think it's weird. Well, I, I think, think it just started strangely in a sense of like yeah. I, I don't think we'd ever thought in, well, in our in our in our wildest dreams would end up here, Nate. I know we were going to bring theologians on and talk about Bigfoot, but this has become well, I something think... completely different. It's scratching an itch for folks like that have felt ostracized by the church because they had strangely enough have had a supernatural experience, whatever you want sort of vernacular or, or semantics you want to use for that. They've had some sort of experience in their life that they believe is just, or the church has made them believe disqualifies their faith. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's a very sad reality because <laughs> yeah, the roots like, of our faith is very, very, you know, supernatural. And, and yet we're we, trying to give on the way we lost that. Yes. To supernatural questions. I think for us, it was like, okay, Let's go back and let's just let's do a thought experiment. I don't I believe all the Old Testament is mythology. None of it actually happened. That's kind of how a lot of us were in the educational systems were taught to think these things. And I think we use Bigfoot. We say, okay, this is the most paranormal thing that happens in the modern world. Right. Mm -hmm. This creature that's seven to ten feet tall, big, hairy, stinky beast is appearing to many people, women, children, hunters, cops, government employees, forest people. What is this thing, right? Mm-hmm. And so we work backwards. We take the most plausible, crazy thing you can believe in and say mm-hmm. there's so much data and evidence. And then you can kind of work back and say all this paranormal stuff that you thought didn't happen or thought wasn't real or thought was just crazy ancient people making up stuff because they were doing drugs or because their culture was crazy and they believed in witch doctors and all this other stuff. Wait a minute. It's still going on today. It's still happening. So I yeah. think the creatures is the gateway to slowly understanding the world is blurry. The world is weird. Yeah. I've been sort of programmed to fall asleep to all this stuff. And so the creatures has been just a really good lane to stay in to kind of help the most skeptical people believe the weird things in their Bibles yeah. or their stories that their friends tell or seeing some UFO and they're driving them through traffic one morning or they had this entity show up like luke said you know all these weird paranormal things that happen to people really crazy though guys about the american church is you can experience a miracle 
And there are going to be Christians that are going to be like, try to find a medical westernized answer for it. You know, like it doesn't even have to be that you had an experience or had an encounter. We've sanitized things so far. I've told this story on my platform. I was on Prozac for 15 years. It was pretty much at the point that I'm like, going to be stuck on this for the rest of my life. Series of events end up having to get off of it cold turkey in August. Fine. Like, mm. better than I was before. Literally a medical miracle. You're not supposed to stop taking this stuff cold turkey. Definitely not after it's been in your system for 15 years. I have a friend that did that and was hospitalized. I should have crashed and burned. But what happened was I started running even faster and thinking even clearer and working even better. That's a miracle. That is a medical, modern miracle. Mm. And there are people that are like, well, it's probably because you stopped eating gluten. No, <laughs> it's not. I promise that's not yeah. what it was. Like it yeah, was. SSRIs are no joke. No. You have to come off those things very slow. And there's a there's a host of side effects and going cold turkey. Years ago, I did that. And same thing. I had to check into a, a clinic because it was yeah. like. When I talk about it, I'm very clear. Like, please don't follow in my footsteps because it was yeah. a miracle. No, I mean, I'm just saying that because right. I, I understand it is a miracle. Right. It's, it's yeah. crazy. I mean, these things are and if you have a more sensitive system as well, it's even it's even crazier. So it's like so that's incredible. incredible. It is. And it's a miracle. And but there were still people that wanted to explain it away and make it make sense. And it wasn't even Bigfoot. Because a little blue pill. Because in this, it's it's hard to remain like a child. Because you have so many hoaxers in the church. Yeah. You have so many grifters. You have so many, you know, people coming in, making millions of dollars off of the church. Yeah. And they're, and they're preaching the, you know, the prosperity gospel and there's nothing difficult. So you get a lot of skeptical Christians who are like, okay, well, I understand. I grew up Southern Baptist. I understand why you get so, okay, maybe oh, there's, I understand there's, it. there's miracles that exist, but we can't talk about that here because old crazy Eddie is going to come in and start doing something wild every Sunday. And you have to kind of run a program and a business. Unfortunately, I definitely feel like the podcast has cured all my PTSD with like growing up in the church and in Christian school and being very upset and angry at all the like fundamentalist stuff that I dealt with. Cause I've dealt yeah. with a lot. Yeah. But I couldn't even wear just the explanations that we were given, like, Oh, your genes are, are satanic, you know? And you're like, what? Like, mm -hmm. or like, yeah. Your yeah. Mauian sun shirt is not pleasing the Lord. And you're like, yeah. okay, okay, all yeah. right. Or like, and, even, you know, and then like purity culture to that, you add, yeah. there's so much. And I do, I understand that. I completely understand people's skepticism. Deconstructing and leaving, I get yes, it. Yes, yeah. I've lived it. Like I, I started a deconstructive process in like 2018, hmm. but it ended up being like a renovation instead of a deconstruction. Yeah, let's go. You know, it ended up being like present enough to go, why do I believe what I believe? And do I, we had a great foundation it? probably, you know, like, right. like a lot of us who were still here and asking questions, like the framing was great. It right. was like based on the word of God. It was based on Jesus, you know, saving us. So when we rip out all that other stuff, there's still a great foundation still. Exactly. And then it's just, okay, maybe I can get some better answers for these puzzling questions that I've had my whole life. And I think that's really what blurry creatures started out to be like, let's take, the paranormal podcasting space and let's take the theology space. Let's kind of put these things together because a lot of people are afraid on both sides to combine them. You know, yeah. there's so many paranormal shows in our space that just talk about the woo woo and the weird. They go, Oh yeah, Bigfoot came out and it's taking all my apples and it's giving me weird gifts and it's making pottery in my backyard. And, but I don't, we don't get it. And then yeah. 
or they'll even have these demonic stories on these podcasts where like stuff is manifesting in their homes and their houses, doing all kinds of, and they don't go, why and why? where? Right. This is coming from, what did I do to invite this stuff in? And what's its origin story? And so, and then the theology podcasts are like, so in talking about systematic theology and the fundamentals of your faith and the five laws and spiritual laws, all this other stuff. And nobody's saying, dude, I got gray aliens showing up at my house every night. Right. Like, well, where does the Bible give me answers for this? Right. Because it, nobody wants to talk about it. Your pastor's like, okay, you can't do that on Sunday morning. So you have, right. so Luke and I kind of, inadvertently combine these two things and dude it exploded because because it was like a lot of people get abducted and according to tim alberino and some of these other guests that come on our show millions of people are getting abducted on a nightly basis millions so that's a staggering number and a lot of people say oh it's a government hoax it's a government thing they're doing some sort of government plan i'm like not millions i'm sorry no. governments cannot it's not like santa you're Claus. giving them way too much credit yeah. honestly yeah. there are government hoaxes when it comes to ufos they call those i think when someone broke it down there's uf there's uaps and then yeah. there's ufos so uaps are more like governments testing out reverse engineer craft and yeah. ufos are nobody knows what they are and where they come from so i get the skeptical mindset and i think we try to speak to that a lot on our show but if millions of people are getting abducted, that's something that Christians, because we talk a lot about, I'm sure in, in political spheres, we've been on a lot of political shows, they talk about child trafficking abductions, mm. right? So we know that it's a human problem, but our argument is all, it's also a 4D problem. It's also a spiritual thing. Spiritual entities are abducting people. We talked to David Politis from Missing 411, who has done a bunch of documentaries in forensic science around people going missing. So this isn't just a human on human problem. And we're right. trying to wake up Christians to like, not only are humans taking other humans, which is horrific. Right. Other entities are taking humans, which is even crazier and more. And people just up and vanish. Like you said, they just go from our realm somewhere else, no evidence. And sometimes they come back in very peculiar ways and they'll tell some wild stories. So it takes a long time for you to listen to episode one and then episode 200. We take you through it on our show. We give you a slow drip blurry. We don't yeah. just, if you dive it, into our show. This is not a show to jump in on episode 200. It's just not like yeah. you need to go back and listen to some. Start from the beginning if yes. you really want to like, oh, that's why they think that. Like however intentional it is, like. We were talking before we started recording about like y'all had an episode with Jed Payne in the Book of Enoch. That's a great introduction to the Book of Enoch because don't even know what that is. We got one coming out. Do you? We're releasing yeah. our we're releasing our first book, which is a version with Tim Alberino. It's coming out. It's coming out hopefully before Christmas. So oh snap. So we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> we're trying. We're trying to get it out before Christmas. But yeah, because we've gotten so many questions over the years of like, what should I do? So we, we kind of compiled a bunch of artwork and other stuff. So we're releasing a version and I think it's going to be pretty cool. Like a lot of updated advanced scenes with this worldview, kind of like, okay, what technology do they actually possess? What did that look like? Yeah. And oh, I'm what, excited about that. What, how did, how do watchers and humans, how do these angels and, and women kind of what does that look like? And so we, we've been we've been creating a lot of content to try to help people visualize that it's not much different than perhaps like a really good sci-fi movie would sort of put together. Not like a cheesy one, like a really right. good version, one of the best. Like if, if Christopher Nolan did the Book of Enoch, it would be be epic. Yeah. Well, and that was another thing was like, do we really think that 
Jerry Siegel and Joe Shuster like made up Superman? Do we really think that they were like that brilliant and creative or was there an example to follow or well, I think I don't want to discount like human ingenuity, right? Like we we can, no, we can be yeah. very creative, but I, I do think that much of our epic stories are borrowed from yes. distant ancient past realities. And when you start to look at things that way, I think you go, hey, like and some of it is so blatant, you know, a lot of the Marvel stuff, like the Eternals, yeah. for example, is really just on, on the on the watchers being the good guys, right? This is to sort of flip the script on it. And which is what history does is exactly. like tries to make the bad guys not so bad so that you're not as well that is that is the story right it's a twisted gospel mm-hmm. it's really like two kingdoms presenting themselves as the truth and right. humans often falling for the twisted version oh this right. is this sounds like the truth like satan is very much has a moral code and we've seen that the last few years do these things because they're the moral good how Correct. dare you Christians not follow the rules? And you're like, no, my morality says that you guys are all going to the slaughter here. You're following each you're, other off a if cliff. If I followed you, it would lead to death. And yes. we have seen that literally happening. If you are on the side of yeah. championing the Holocaust of the next generation, I'm thinking maybe you're leading me to death, too. But there's no clear evil. That's the way Satan works. It's right. it's it's sort of an alternate good versus the good. Like you can make excuses for it. I've had plenty of conversations to keep the same example. Pro-choice people. They can they can make an argument. It's a shit one, but they yeah. can make an argument, yeah. you know, and, and to believe that. But then what's really interesting is when you start. I know I keep taking it political, but like. When you start entering those spaces, when you grow enough in your belief system to sit down and talk to people who believe differently than you and see, like, really try to see what they believe, they believe it. And they believe that it is, like, for the greater good that you do be able to do this and make this decision. Because it comes from... Levels of deception and depravity, it's... Right. It comes from a kingdom, I think. And I think that's what we've done on the show is kind of hire... We've kind of, like, made a list of the characters... Yeah, kind of put the team. We put the teams yes. on the field, and we put the players on the field, and you can kind of see, oh, this is what's going on. Satan comes to the garden, has has a moral story, and has it has his own version of yep. truth, and it yep. feels good, it smells good, it looks good, but it's not good. And you have to understand that. I think a lot of Christians are just aimlessly wandering around the world, thinking, oh, that's just good and evil, and everyone should know. It's obvious, right? And it's like, no, it's not obvious. No. It's it's never obvious. Or that we're the only ones that can give an account of why we've chosen what we've chosen. I'm like, no. Get outside of your bubble and have conversations with people who believe differently than you. They can also give an account, which would tell you that there are, like, more things at work than just us. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what that's what we kind of un, un, uncovered here. It's like, yeah, there's a whole list, and I think we need to make some sort of flow chart or whatever of like all the different. I would blurry kill creatures. for a flow chart. Oh my gosh, <laughs> as a baby blurry, I would kill for a, for well, a flow chart. Like it, it, it gets crazy because like we talk about like just like different names of demons. Like there's like Lilith, and there's you know we talked about that yesterday, and I think just like the we have classes of species of animals. I think. The darkness yeah. has different characters. And so Blurry Creatures was, we didn't realize how accurate that was. There's a little bit of, there's a little bit of evidence for a lot of these things. Not a ton. Yeah. But you can slowly kind of put it into focus because there's more and more and more. And when you realize kind of what you're up against, 
it really lights a fire for your faith because you're like, man, there is stuff coming out of the woodworks that we can't understand. And, and Jesus is going to save us from a whole heck of a lot more, like you said, than just yes. from our sins. Yes. It's coming down to like destroy this army of darkness. that's doing everything it can to destroy you. Yes. And you don't really understand that until you start to say those things could be in my backyard right now. Right. Those yeah. evil entities could be sitting outside right now in my house, or they could be trying to, or flying some craft around trying to do something. And I think we're afraid to sort of put it in practical physical terms like, okay, this creature is, I see it. I see it right there. Is yeah. it, and, and I don't know why some things happen to some people and some things yeah. don't. And, yeah. and because some people just seem to be magnets for the paranormal, weird stuff just follows them their whole life. Yeah. People write those people off as crazy. And they're the whistleblowers right now in Congress who yeah. are saying, I've seen the craft. I've seen the bodies. And I'm telling you now because I don't want to disappear in a river somewhere. Right. But this has been going on 80s with Bob Lazar and more and more whistleblowers are coming out saying this stuff. The government has these things. And Christians, are, I think Luke and I are trying to blow the whistle on our own show. Yes. That you got to start thinking about this because they're going to come out and say it's real. That, it's not okay. UFO. It's not Hollywood. When I look at the kingdom impact that your show is having, that's what I think of is that even the people that maybe do write you off or even the people who come in contact with what y'all are saying and maybe write it off, it's still going to be like, I feel like people are going to come running if the show is still happening and that stuff happens, because that is to me, the trajectory that we're on is either that or it's going to be these blurry creatures come out of the woodwork and you're given an opportunity to choose who, what or who you're going to worship. And that's going to be a really important decision. And if Christians <laughs> yeah. are not aware of what is happening around them, like actually happening, like there's going to be an opportunity for you to make the wrong choice. And so mm. that to me is the kingdom. Like there's so much impact, but the kingdom impact is just we're trying to warn you that there could be an opportunity to make a decision and we want to make sure you have the evidence to make the right one. And just have a faith that can, that can compile it all because the data yeah. comes out and you need to sift through the data and it needs to fit inside this biblical story. And the Bible isn't an encyclopedia for everything. So right. we don't know everything. And I think a lot of times people read it like that. Well, it's not in there, so it doesn't exist. And I'm like, you, I'm like, you believe in photosynthesis, right? You believe that plants are getting their energy from the sun. Like, yeah. I mean, it might hint at that in some verses, but nowhere in doesn't scripture explain does it. Yeah, it's but we not figure a, it's that. It's not a science we, book. <laughs> we figure that out, right? Or even just right. the the plethora of of species that have gone extinct, like other things that were here and they're not here. We don't read about those things, but I think that is a huge part of what holds Christians back. Because I was raised that way. Like I think a lot of us were raised with that belief that, like, if it's not in here, it's not real. It's not important. It's not worth meditating on. It's not worth researching. Like this thing is great and it's important and it is worth studying and knowing and like hiding in your heart. But like God created a whole freaking universe with yeah. so much more. And when you say that this is the only option for my faith, for the mm. foundation of Jesus is the way, the truth and the life and no one comes to the father, but through him. 
but I have to be able to expand the sphere of my knowledge. But you have to have an actual relationship with God. And that is that points you to that. Right. But Satan quotes scripture all day long. So scripture can really it can be used to, to get you to believe a lot of crazy things that aren't actually if you have a relationship with God where your your heart isn't convicted of like, maybe I'm off on this. Maybe I, yeah. I'm creating a system. I mean, the Pharisees of the day, they took it all and made a system and they couldn't recognize the son of God because they were so indoctrinated in this. But they use scripture. Right. right. So I understand what you're trying to say. It's like we have to have that humility and we have to have a relationship with God or it's all just about us all the time. And I will say that I, I think that's where we are in society a lot. And I think we've been debating things for the last hundred years. Oh, you know, this and that. And I'm excited for stuff to start coming out of the veil, to be honest, because it, it's going to crush all the debate. Yes. It's going yeah. to crush all the skepticism. It's going to crush, I don't believe in that stuff. And all of a sudden it's like on your back porch. Yeah. It's like the movie Signs, you know, they're just, it's all <laughs> this. And then all of a sudden they're, it's here. they're all running around the neighborhood trying to figure out what do we do? These things are here. How do we kill this stuff? And I think that could happen again, right? I think too, it's important is that, like, like you said, that not all, not, it's not Encyclopedia Britannica. It doesn't have all of the all, but what I do think is most important is that we take the scripture and the word of God and that becomes our sieve. Yes. So we filter everything back through. And, and one thing I'd like to talk about on our show and, and point out, we're not trying to stuff everything inside of biblical paradigm. Instead, we're trying to say this paradigm is big enough and explains exactly. enough that for all of the things yeah. that, that aren't explicitly listed in here. Yes. Right. Yes. And, and and I think that's the thing. We yes. all the context is there. All of the context is there. All of the supernatural realities, all of the realities that we are seeing that are being revealed can all be explained and sifted through through the biblical text. Or and themes at least. You know? With themes at least, yeah. I mean exactly. You could say, well, listen, like, oh, angels, right? Like fallen angels. A lot of the church say these are ethereal, right? They can show up wherever they want. They can be in anywhere and everywhere. Like it's not what the scripture says. Yeah. In fact, all you got to do is go Daniel 9 and 10 and be like, oh, this doesn't really fit in that. So yeah. angels need to travel. Tears like they do. Yeah. Angels walked into Sodom. The angel right. that was coming to, to speak to Daniel was held by the prince of Persia. So there, I think, are some. And they're not uh, from here. They're not. No, they're um, not from here. And so yeah. when we say actually, so where are they terrestrial, from? This means they're not of Earth, right? So then you go, well, this is really interesting. Like. That's like so, such a good little gateway for people. Like, yeah, look it, at angels. Right. And then the idea of angels in general, right? Angels is a Greek term. Angelos just means messenger. It's just a job title. In fact, yeah. it's not a, a kingdom or phylum right. sort of thing. So when we talk about watchers and the watcher angels of, of Gen 6, that is their job. That they're just, they're just referred to by their job. Yep. Right. So there's so much we don't know right. that I think that just behooves the, the argument. There's space for all of this. Yes. And if we look around at the multitude of creation that exists around us here in our space, which is Earth, how all of the things, you know, millions of different types of species and bugs and plants and the idea that we the, that the heavenly realm is binary. It's just God and these angels with wings. We're really kind of holding back, holding back or, or our, our reality of what that could be like, right? Because the, the scriptures talk about roads and buildings and manna is the bread of heaven, which if you want to reverse engineer that and do that thought experiment... You need grain. You need to harvest grain. So there's so many different things I think we don't even really take into account because we have this really medieval understanding of the heavenly realm. And, and we understand that like a lot of, I like the way that Ryan Peterson put it last night, Nate, the idea that we're just a sh kind of a shadow of, of that realm, that like there's a lot of similarities. And then you, you look at what 
happened in Genesis 6, and there's this transaction of knowledge, and they're teaching us things that they knew. It's almost like the kingdom of heaven is a real place. Yeah. Right, a lot right. of, there's a lot of real physicality. It sound, it's not just ethereal because you don't need roads and buildings and walls and these things that are talked about. Thrones and seas of glass sound very physical in right. the way that they're... It's and, not and so then, like floating but, up there somewhere. Right, yeah, but we live yeah. in this paradigm where like, oh, you when you die... You sort of just float around on clouds. It's like, that isn't at all what scripture says. That is not at all the writers of the Bible were communicating it as their understanding of the kingdom of heaven. And so when we put those things into, into our thought process and sort of our reality, then you, then you start to look at things that are happening around us, the disclosure of UAPs and UFOs and physical ships crashing. No longer does like a demon, which is a disembodied spirit of the Nephilim, Mm -hmm. according to the definition, disembodied spirits don't need to fly. Right. Fly things, fly, I would say advanced aerospace technology, right? Yeah. So then you start to go, maybe all of this, I can find explanations within the context of scripture. It crumbs. You're not going to, it's yeah. not going to be spelled out, but I, yeah, I, that's, that's kind of what I was going to say, Luke, is it's like, I believe the Bible is truth and I believe everything in it is true, but I also don't believe it's a hundred volumes. Mm. You know what I mean? It's a highlight reel a lot of times mm-hmm. and there are, there are things dropped, but I do, well, I will say there's a lot of extra biblical literature that gives context to the things spoken about in scripture that Christians are afraid of. Yeah. And I think that biblical writers had read everything of their day. You wish you could know the books that they read to then read the Bible, right? right. What did you read to understand your worldview to then write these chapters? I wish the scriptures were a hundred volumes. I wish there was so much information that we could pour through it and give context to it. But in a way, it builds our faith. I like think that's ha- on purpose. We have enough. We have enough of what we need. But like, like Genesis six, for example, it's still a hot debate amongst Christians because it's not an in-depth description. It says the sons of God, you know, interloped with the daughters of men. Right. right. Who are the sons of God? Right. And the only other time they talk about it is like in Job and. Some other places where it's not referring to human beings, it's referring to different entities. And so you still have huge names in Christianity, guys like Ken Ham, who are like, now this is the sons of Seth, yeah, which is just a crazy leap because there's, there's no mention of, of. There's no evidence for that either. Anywhere in the in near no, actually, story. It takes more mental theological, gymnastics. theological gymnastics to make yeah. that work, right? Because right. how would the sons of God leap singing for joy at the creation of the earth if that same term in Hebrew is talking about the those that took wives and, right. and then you have yeah, the they're already there and then they're created. It doesn't make any sense. And you made the point earlier, like that they're going to die as men. Well, men right. die are, as these men. Are, these are hard like, things to to rectify with in the original language with the precepts that we ex, that, that we're told to accept from our, our modern our modern seminaries and, and modern hermeneutics. And that's what I think the brilliance of Michael Hy- Dr. Michael Heiser really in his his own humility to be like, man, I went through all this and got my PhD in ancient Semitic languages and ancient Hebrew, and I had the the wrong paradigm because right. because mm-hmm. of the actual language in verses like Psalm eighty two, Deuteronomy thirty two for or, or a couple of the big ones for his example. And so, listen, these are just keys I think to opening up a larger paradigm and larger worldview when it comes to to the scriptures and to the Bible and. I think we should want to dig into that as as Christians. And back to a conversation we were having earlier, I, I think it should be okay and we should be comfortable with asking why. Why do we believe? Why do we believe what we believe? Why did this happen? And then so why did what we believe have to happen? Sure. Sure. And, and that's a you big know, question. Yeah. And I, I think as long as you approach Yeah, why does why do we humility, need the sacrifice of Christ? What do we why do we actually need that? Why does he have to come and become a human? 
Why can't God snap his fingers from heaven and reclaim humanity? Why all these complicated, intricate parts of the story? Why was Satan in the garden and already right. evil and already fallen? Where did he come yeah. from? Why did he and, get, and, you know, like. And why, and why in, you know, the, like the Genesis 6, why one verse that could be its own movie is just mm-hmm. dropped and then nothing else. And to I that mean, that's, point, that's the hard part. It's There's these verses that literally could be volumes yeah. of books of trying to explain this one verse. And that's all we get in scripture. And so you can decide, okay, that is alluding to something massive. Yeah. And I can either believe that and follow that trail, or I can deny that, rewrite it, stay in my comfortable little rational lane here. And then just sort of circumnavigate and say, ah, it's just human on human right. stuff going on. But I think that scripture isn't a hundred volumes because it communicates the foundation. All of scripture points us to Jesus and yes. that he is the only answer. He is the only option. And like you, t- you know, so like you, you get a grasp of that and then you get a grasp of not only is he the way, the truth and the life and the only answer He's the only option. He's the only way I'm getting through this life with Mm. my soul and sanity intact. And then Mm. you build on top of that. Like, so I think it's so intentional that like, cause you, I don't know, like if it was a hundred volumes and it was giants and, you know, super, like all of that would, I think we're supposed to start with Jesus and then like go there, open those doors and find the keys and explore those things. And you're, faith and your understanding expands and then it's even better than like you were already so for me like so blown away by just the very if you want to make it simple story of jesus and then you make it bigger and you're like oh crap it's even better than i thought it was you know like yeah yeah that's very intentional i I do i think you're you're supposed to understand the character in the heart of god and i think a lot of people walk away from their faith because they challenge the character of God. Well, I don't want to believe in God because God did these things and I don't trust that anymore. And yeah. so what are, what we try to do on our show is like, you don't understand the antediluvian societies. You don't understand the golden age. You don't understand what's going on. I mean, imagine today if there were hybrid beings running around, if there were actual entities running states of America and you could yeah. go from one state and there were just like principalities. There might be. There might be. <laughs> well, yeah. But I'm just saying on a level that's like physically and visually tangible you can see this stuff going down yeah we just don't we don't understand that and i think there's little clues we have little remnants of their societies we have these pyramid structures we went to peru we saw the walls these polygonal walls some of these things are bigger than buses and they're fit together like jigsaw puzzles and luke and i were able to see this like face to face like this is amazing and it's undeniable yeah yeah this isn't beyond human imagination Right. This is someone taught us how to do this. And I think we say that a lot on our shows that human beings, when you when you trace the stories all the way back, there is a story that happened. There is a Marvel story that there's a genesis of that story. Right. It, Prometheus. Because these dudes were real. I mean, it says in, in the, the, the men of renown, mm-hmm. the men, the, the famous, famous men. men. Yeah. Yep. They were demigods. They were half human, half angelic and... I think we can trust that. And I think we can understand that in places like Atlantis, you know, and these kingdoms that they had and these realms that they had. And we've discovered that little remnants of them all over the world, they were pushed pockets and we find their, their remains. We find their structures and we can trust the story. They're like, okay, all this stuff is worth believing. All this stuff is actually true. And maybe some people got little parts and things wrong. Like maybe they went to this place or that place, but just in America alone, 
There's over 800 of these mounds, the mini pyramids here. And when they dug into them, they found giant skeletons. They found writing from the Holy Lands. They find languages that are not native and all these things. And so we've discovered all these things on our show that the blurry stuff could be in your backyard. You literally could be living in America. You could be living on a mound. There could be some ancient structure right here in your backyard. And then you kind of, wow, like, I don't know. I don't understand this story as well as I thought I did. There's I a Louisiana a, Bigfoot. The Rougarou. Let's go. Yeah. No, that's, that's, I'm born and raised Louisiana. Like, there's... Is this a skunk ape? I thought about Florida. The Rougarou, I think, is the is the werewolf dog man, the Louisiana dog man. Yeah. The the skunk yeah. ape is the Florida guy. What's Florida, the uh... Florida man? It's a skunk ape. Yeah. Oh, I don't <laughs> think I haven't heard of that one. But I mean, I grew up on the Rougarou. You become an adult and you go, yeah, you know. And then everybody at Thanksgiving is like, "Why is Blake talking about the Rougarou?" Oh, yeah. here we go. <laughs> the, the Honey Island Swamp Monster. That sounds that's like a specific one? one, Louisiana. Oh, that's Louisiana? maybe it's a specific one. In, in it sounds like just like Honey Island to me, Nate. <laughs> like he just lives there. He just lures you in, Honey Island. Well, I, I mean, just, obviously, yeah. I could, had a brief stint of Loch Ness monster obsession. We didn't even get into that, but it's no, fine. <laughs> it's hard for us. It's hard for us to com- compile two hundred. I can't seven I like, episodes in in one episode of. Well, and we talk we so all much the like theory. And there's so much of that to talk about. And then to actually like talk about the creatures y'all, but y'all do such a good job of it. And this was, thank you. Seth, this was so much fun. Right, we try to stay in one lane. It's, it's hard. I don't know how you do it, but you, you do it very well. So thank you guys. This was awesome. This was fun. Yeah. Cool. Thanks for, Thanks for having us. us. Yeah. I think we always try to leave people with like, all this stuff is so important. I think to unlocking our faith, but yeah. nothing is more important than the work of Christ. The proliferation and, and, and pushing the gospel out on the work of Christ, you know, Immaculate Conception to Crucifixion, and of course, the most important resurrection and the work that Christ did is always the most important and pinnacle thing to us. And I think what you said is very true. Start with Jesus and work backwards. I think the amazing thing in that is you see you see Christ in the Old Testament. And so a lot of times I think we get caught up in the New Testament, which is a wonderful place to be. Yeah. But a lot happened before that, and you can see the fingerprints of Christ all over that. I think when you add in sort of the the angelic piece in Gen six too, I, I I think it it unlocks a lot of things that are hard to understand, which you yes. know the conquest of Joshua, the flood, and then having that perspective, I think is it makes things make sense. And 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 also I think there are things we're not going to understand, and and we are not to sit ourselves in a position to judge God <laughs> and and his and his justice because his, his decisions and his ways are perfect. So I don't, you know, as much as we get into the weird, I, I think Nate and I always want to come back to, to just to the gospel and the, and the message of the gospel, which is the most important yeah. story and, and message that's, that's ever happened to humanity. And that's the hope, right? And, that all, there is and all also, the darkness. They all fits. fit. Yeah. And this is so fun to me. I know you guys are having a great freaking time talking about <laughs> like blurry creatures. It's like, interesting. It's way more the idea that God would that God did not just put us on earth to like live and die and pay taxes. That he's like that he enjoys our questions and our curiosity. Well, I th- like I think, the, I think the biggest films, like sci-fi films and or horror movies, even have a spiritual bent to them. Absolutely. You know, like The Conjuring, you know, movies like that, where it's actually, it's freaky, it's terrifying, but there's actually... Could like, happen. But there's actually a biblical story behind it, you know? The producers actually said, this is a real story, this is a true story, this happened, right. you know, to these people who were actually like, and they had to bring in some some experts to deal with this. And I think that 
oftentimes the horror genres or just like paranormal genres, they just, they sort of have all the creepy and all the weird and they cut out all the actual like meat and potatoes of what's going on. I think that's what we just try to do here is that like horror movies happen to everybody every day. Yeah. People are experiencing some terrible things and they need answers and the church should be the first person to answer all these questions. And if they're not, then they're ill-equipped and they're just running a self-help program that doesn't really do any good. You know, it's not helping anybody. And it's a bubble. It's a self-help bubble. A lot of the time that unfortunately has become more and more devoid of the Holy spirit and the supernatural that comes with him. But I do think that we talked a lot during the interview about this stuff is the veil is thinning. We're going to start experiencing this stuff more. And, and Mm -hmm. at least in my experience, I want to like, like end on a positive note. I do think you're seeing churches and Christians that are like picking up the mantle and going, Oh yeah. Okay. We can't walk through this with our head in the sand or of our own power. Like it's time to like, Put on the actual armor. Well, people are sharing like, sharing their stories and they're sharing their experiences and their videos. I mean, people are starting yeah. to see stuff like, whoa, what is that UFO thing you filmed? Or they have their ring camera on their front porch and they're seeing stuff walk by or stuff in the sky. People are starting to be able to see physical evidence for the blurry verse. And so they're, they're coming to podcasts like ours, trying to ask questions. They're asking their pastor t- complicated questions. It's good. I think. As the information spreads, people are going to have more and more questions. And, you know, some of these things are, are coming to the surface. People are finally getting answers to complicated questions and then coming back to their faith. Like, oh, I get it. I get the flood. Yeah. I thought that was yeah. such a mean, a mean thing. But now I'm like, dude, that was spare the human race. Necessary. Yeah. Yeah. Like we were almost on the verge of extinction. So yeah. that's a way different story than people who just getting in trouble. You know, it is. And it <laughs> reframes naughty things. Yeah. It reframes God in. Like it makes those events line up with his character that you know is true about him. You know, like, exactly. you know, so many people have that question. How, why would a good God X, Y, Z? You're like, well, <laughs> it was actually protection when you dig into it. So yeah. And we're all parents and we understand that we love our children and we would go to the ends of the earth for them. And then and I would take it, out giants if I had, to, you know, oh, like, yeah. I would, like I would, I would get up in there if I needed to. Deborah so. out there just riding the horse, shooting arrows. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> well, right. this was awesome. Thanks, guys. <laughs> looking at me like this ginger won't shut up. I was thinking yeah. about you running around as like king of the little people, and there's just all these <laughs> little people running behind you. That is the weirdest part about our story. These little human beings that everyone. I shouldn't even say anything. We're not getting off on that. <laughs> we can't. But I, I'm just saying, like, you think you understand this realm, and you think everything's good or evil, and then you hear a lot of these stories that just, what is Bigfoot doing? Why does he sound so like? Like a big hairy stuffed animal in the woods sometimes. Like, I don't get it. it and I think so people weird. think that's a bad thing. Having that blown apart, having like your, your paradigm, whatever, like destroyed. It's the beginning, though. Yeah. And you don't even actually have to muster it yourself is what I've learned through experience. Like, if you have a strong foundation, if the house is built on the rock, then you get to have these conversations. And it's a good thing. It expands your understanding of God. And your understanding of the story. And it just kind of gets better. And it, more does. Fun. it does. Thanks, Blake. Thanks for having us. Like, yeah. appreciate it. And thanks for letting us have a little long conversation with your listeners. Really, really cool of you to introduce them to the Blurryverse. And uh, we are grateful. We didn't even have a website to like episode 30 or something. We never really intended this to be. We wanted to have some good conversations, but it's become its own thing. And and I think Luke and I are trying to ride in the backseat as much as we can. And, yeah. and really let 
what happened is supposed to happen and the people come on who are supposed to come on and the stories are talked about. And sometimes we get it right and sometimes we get it wrong. We don't always know. And most people who come on a show don't agree with each other. So it's it's a really yeah. weird balance of, hey, we're not going to, we don't really do the debate thing on our show or let's yeah. just debate the heck out of somebody. And, and, no. and that doesn't really do much for the kingdom of God. I, I've seen some recent debates and it's just, it's kind of a circus when people no. get into that. Well, we don't do that on our show. It requires maturity. I'll admit, like I did some debate episodes in the early days of this show. Yeah. But it was five years ago. Whereas now, like I have people on that I disagree with, but I want to understand. Like I want to understand where they're coming from and what they believe because what other people believe helps shape what you believe. So I love that. Yeah. And who knows? I mean, they could be telling you something that you just have to listen and, and, and sort through it and spit out the bones and, yeah, exactly. and see what's going on. But but yeah, appreciate it. Thanks so much. All right, that's it for this week. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Crappy Christian Podcast. And hey, by the way, if you super loved it, can you go leave a five-star review wherever you're listening? That'd be awesome. All right, see you next week.